Hello and welcome to Spawn, a common sense, generally fun and hopefully helpful discussion on parenting and parenting culture. I'm Kristen Chase and I'm the co-founder of CoolMomPicks.com. Liz is away, but she'll be back next week. Today, I'm going to be chatting with the amazing author-illustrator duo behind one of the most anticipated picture books of the fall, Hello Star. And as always, we will close out our show with our cool picks of the week and we'll be right back jumping into our discussion right after this. This episode of Spawned is brought to you by Beam Organics. As parents, we know that sleep is everything, but unfortunately, we also know that sleep is not something we're always able to get enough of. Turns out that one way to get better sleep is from a delicious cup of hot cocoa, but a very, very special hot cocoa that's just for adults. We're talking about Dream CBD Powder from BeamOrganics.com, which is improving sleep for thousands of people. You just pour Dream into a cup of warm milk or water for a cup of hot cocoa that's enriched with sleepy vitamins and minerals like melatonin, magnesium, reishi, L-theanine, and nano-CBD. No artificial sweeteners, no added sugar, and no calories in Dream Powder. How does it work? Well, after trying Dream, 99% of people in a survey of users said they felt an improvement in the quality of their sleep, and 97% of them felt more energized the next day. So why shouldn't you be one of them? Try the Dream Starter Pack for only $35 by going to beamorganics.com slash coolmom. That's B-E-A-M organics.com slash coolmom. This way, you can try 10 nights of Dream Powder for just $35. That's basically $3.50 for one better night's sleep, which is totally worth it. That's beamorganics.com slash coolmom. That's all one word together. A better night's sleep is waiting for you. I am so pleased to welcome two amazing people. And I know Liz is like, I have so many things I want to say, but she's actually out this week. She's living vicariously through me. I feel very lucky to be talking to both of you. So I have two fabulous people. I have Stephanie VW Lucianovic. She is the author of The End of Something Wonderful, A Practical Guide to a Backyard Funeral, and the middle grade novel, The League of Picky Eaters. We know something about that. (laughs) (laughs) She has been a contributor to the New York Times Motherlode blog, the Washington Post, Entertainment Weekly, CNN's Etocracy, The Atlantic Wire, and more. Stephanie lives in the Bay Area, and I took this from your website, Stephanie. You live in the Bay Area with a few kids, a few cats, and one husband. Is that still accurate? That is still accurate. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And also so happy to welcome Vashti Harrison. She is the number one New York Times bestselling creator of Little Leaders, Bold Women in Black History, Little Dreamers, Visionary Women Around the World, and Little Legends, Exceptional Men in Black History. She is also the illustrator of Lupita Nyong'o's Sulway and Matthew Cherry's Hair Love. Oh, oh my gosh, so many amazing things, among others. She earned her BA in Studio Art and Media Studies from the University of Virginia and her MFA in Film and Video from Cal Arts, where she snuck into animation and illustration classes to learn from Disney and DreamWorks legends. I am so grateful to have both of you here. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm very excited about this. So I read the book and I immediately started crying. I don't know. I'm 45. So that 
that says something. (laughs) (laughs) I've been home for two and a half years with my children. I don't know what it is, but honestly, it's just so beautifully done. And I don't even really have kids who are picture book age. And I'm still just so touched by this. So I guess I want to start with Stephanie and talk to me a little bit about how this story came to life. Okay. Well, first, I'm really grateful that you, an adult who doesn't have kids of the picture book age, are still moved and reading picture books because I think it's important that adults do, whether they have kids or not. So this book came about because my oldest son, Henry, who's now a very tall seventh grader, was a first grader who was obsessed with all things space. And he was always reciting facts to me, talking to me about all the various moons of all the planets. And anyway, one night he was in his fact mode and he said to me sort of suddenly, did you know that stars die? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, isn't that sad? Mm. And I was like, well, okay, little first grade heart. I can see why you would feel that way. I'd never thought of it that way. I had never myself been that interested in space as a kid. But you know, when you're a parent and your kids get interested in stuff, you end up getting interested in it too. So literally that night, I was in my sort of picture book mode of grabbing ideas from wherever. And I thought about what a child in a story would do with that idea, with that feeling of empathy and love for what is essentially not an inanimate object, but it's not human. It's not a plant. It's not a cat. And so I sat down and I drafted the first draft that night. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Well, you know, that's like when creativity hits, right? Or inspiration, it's like, I have this, I'm going to do this. And that anecdote is lovely, but it really blossomed into this amazing combination of this idea of empathy and care, but also about STEM and science and making it more accessible, which we'll talk about. I'm wondering, Vashti, what drew you into this project? How did you come to be a part of it? Well, what I'm usually looking for in a project is something that I can, you know, contribute to, something I can bring my own interests and style and creativity to. And what was so special about this book is it read so poetic Mm -hmm. and sweet Mm -hmm. and almost like a fairy tale. And I liked that juxtaposition of this sweet goodnight story, but also still being really grounded in science and technology. And I love drawing space and stars. And I had just finished doing another book about space and stars. But what excited me about it was a note from the editor, Deirdre, who said, we'd really love for you to experiment and try whatever you want. And that was really exciting to me. Every other book that I've worked on has been kind of like on a rush time frame. I mean, in the last couple of years, I did this book with Lupita Nyong'o and I did this book with Matthew Cherry and I had to fit particular guidelines matching a movie and things like that. And what was really special about this book was that I was given the opportunity to just experiment and do something new because I've been on such tough deadlines for all of my books up to that point. I had done everything digitally because that's the fastest way I can Mm -hmm, work. mm -hmm. And I was really excited about the opportunity to try different media. So there was a lot of extra time for me to do tests and you can see I've been posting a bunch of the different samples and test drawings I've done. I've tried out things in all different media, in pastel, in colored pencil, in gouache, in watercolor, digitally, in this app and that app. And, you know, sometimes having too many options is probably <laughs> not the best thing, but yeah. it feels so good as a creator to not 
be restricted by something. And that was one of the huge selling points for this book to make something really within my wheelhouse, but, you know, giving myself the challenge to do it in a different way. Was that something that was important to you, Stephanie, was to give Vashti this ability to try what worked for her? Was that something that was important to you, you know, as you were passing this along and, you know, crossing your fingers and probably everything that she would sign on? Yes. I really wanted Vashti to do whatever she wanted with this book because I had been an admirer of her art for a number of years before the book sold. I'd written the book back in 2015 and it sold in, I think it was 2018. And during the 2015 to 2018 time, well, I had been following Matthew Cherry when he did Hair Love. That was the first Kickstarter I ever contributed to. It was because of following that, that I was aware of Ashti's work and seeing it in SCBWI. So I was following her on Twitter and loving so much of what she did, especially when it came to Vashti. I'm going to say this all the time, and it's going to be a repeat of whatever I say in our interviews, but how Vashti manipulated reflecting light and where the light came from, I was so astounded by what she did. So when I heard that she wanted to do the project, I was completely over the moon and screaming when my editor called me to tell me. And <laughs> yeah. So it was yes. very important to me that Vashti did whatever the heck she wanted to do because I knew it was going to be beautiful. And I'm right. It is. <laughs> you were right. You know, with a daughter who is an artist who does, you know, some digital work and some, you know, I heard gouache in there, which is one of her favorite mediums. I'm wondering, is it I don't want to say more personal, but maybe that's it, you know, between digital and like having your hands dirty with the paints or the charcoals. Is it more personal or is it just different than working digitally, Vashti? I wouldn't say that one is more personal than any other. For me, a tool is a tool and I draw differently with different tools. Like you mm -hmm. give me a pencil and I'll draw one thing. You give me a felt tip pen, I'll draw something completely different. You give me a ballpoint pen and I'll draw something completely different from those two. And that's kind of just how my hand works with the different tools that I use. One of the things that I was always concerned about early on in this industry is some of the most celebrated books are done in what we call traditional media and maybe not so celebrated books are done in digital media. And so there's been some discourse throughout the mm. years and I would really love to move beyond that because, mm -hmm. you know, even the idea of calling one traditional and one not traditional still feels like a little bit coded. To me, a medium is a medium and we're just using them to be able to tell the story. As a person who makes all different types of stories like movies and I write and I illustrate, each one of those are tools to me for telling the story. And so what I was trying to evoke after being inspired by the story and the words, you know, I was mostly just trying to find the right medium to translate that feeling that I got when reading the book. So I would highly recommend any young person, any artist or any person who's interested in telling stories to just, you know, challenge themselves to try different media and try to approach any one of them with an open mind and the openness of creativity, you know, 
I try not to bring any judgment to what medium I'm using and just try to be open to what it can do for servicing the story. I think that's wonderful. Thank you for that. You know, we just had KG Shosho B, the aerospace engineer that's part of Netflix's Ada Twist Scientist, also a wonderful picture book. And she spoke about, you know, hoping to make STEM more approachable and accessible. That was one of the reasons why she really wanted to be a part of that project and what she does in her work as a speaker. And so I'm wondering, Stephanie, it stemmed from this beautiful story with your own child, but the book really speaks to a love of science and an excitement about STEM. And I'm wondering, was that in the back of your mind? Was that in the front of your mind? Like, talk a little bit about where that became a part of this story for you. Yeah, I definitely wanted it to be more than just maybe the typical bedtime story that wasn't grounded in reality, which is Mm -hmm. those are Mm -hmm. fine. Those are great fantasy stories, too. I wanted there to be an overlap. And I wanted to be able to infuse the story with actual science so that there was a takeaway beyond it just being a a pretty read. Mm -hmm. So yes, I did research. I researched how many stars and how far we are from the moon. And I actually had a bunch of back matter at some point. I actually wasn't very much, but I wanted it to be there for teachers if they wanted more information on like the storm that I mentioned on Jupiter or, you know, the ring of Saturn and what they're made up of, or a little bit more explanation about gravity and all that kind of stuff. And they didn't need it. So it ends up becoming a teacher resource that I linked to on my website. So yeah, I definitely wanted ways into science that I know a lot of other authors and illustrators are doing where it's not just a book of facts, which are fine and great. And my kids love them. They love reading nonfiction. Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be a story that included the facts and that included them in a way that highlighted the beauty and the wonder of science and space. That was definitely my intent throughout this entire process. Well, and that's not easy to do, you know, to take something that is typically, you know, I love scientists, can be a little dry, right, at at times, but it's so exciting. The stars and space and all of those things are so beautiful and mystical. So I really feel like that came across, but I can, you know, I can imagine it's not an easy job to take these facts, which are facts, right, and then weave them in such a way into a story where, as Vashti said, it felt sort of fantastical. It felt like a fairy tale, but like that's really happening in our sky. <laughs> it's not easy unless I think if you're really connected yourself and you're excited and you see the beauty, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to bring that in. If you're interested and curious about something, it's so much easier to portray that mm-hmm. in a picture book. I've done the same thing with a book about rocks, trying to bring the beauty to geology, uh, to some element of science that some people may still think is dry and not attractive or or whatever. And, you know, I'm still trying to do that because I find the beauty in that too. And that's an important thing for people to see, right? That there is beauty. We could get really metaphorical, right? But the beauty and what typically isn't seen as beautiful, right? Like what is beauty anyway? Well, we're getting exactly. super deep here. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So Fashti, we know that representation is important. We have had wonderful children's book authors. Kate D. Camillo was on. We've had several. And the conversation always gets to this moment where we say, you know, for young women, for people, of color. But it goes beyond that, I believe for you, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, some of the things I noticed in your artwork right away, you know, like body type, we're seeing different shapes and size people. And and I'm wondering if you can talk more about that. Is that a conscious process? Is that something that is just natural? Is just what you 
do? Are you thinking about making sure that we see all different kinds of people? And when I say we, it's kids, right? It's kids seeing themselves represented, but also seeing other people represented. Yeah, it's definitely a big part of how I'm approaching my work these days. I mean, not to reveal too much, but the book that I'm currently working on kind of directly talks about that. But, you know, I made a conscious choice in my work more recently to kind of challenge the way I draw bodies because... I learned how to draw from copying. I copied the characters that I saw on TV when I was little. And then when I got older, I copied the bodies I saw in magazines and the faces and the eye shapes. And then when I went to graduate school, I picked up drawing again and kind of developed the current style of drawing that I have. And people I was getting inspired by were the artists and the makers from studios like Disney and DreamWorks. And I was looking at all those art of books and I realized that I had just developed a very, how do you say, I was emulating a style of artwork that I think didn't reflect body shapes that looked like mine or Mm -hmm. looked like me as a kid or looked like real children (laughs) or, you know, were representative of the diversity in all types of children and bodies in this world. And so, you know, I made a conscious effort in my work to stop leaning too heavily on those extreme proportions. And what's interesting about this book is the protagonist is never named. We're not given specific insight into this specific child in this specific town. And so I wanted her to feel a bit like an every girl and every character while also building up my own narrative in my head of who they are and where they live. And so, you know, I pulled from inspiration from real people. And I think that's just the heart of it. Like I was specifically emulating the adorable curls and the like very thick, beautiful eyebrows of Mm -hmm. a photograph Mm -hmm. of a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. And I thought that kid is adorable. (laughs) It doesn't have to be super complicated to challenge yourself as an artist to push the expectations or to push past the mainstream. It's really just about getting inspiration from the real world because there are no standards in the real world. Everyone is different. And that's what helped me kind of build up this character. But, you know, I'm trying to do it more in my work. Honestly, I kind of have talked about this in talking about the book Soul Way that, you know, I've had to unlearn a lot of the things that I thought were how to draw, how to draw a body, how to draw skin tone. And that's because I was just picking it up from the things that I absorbed as a kid. And so it's not simple. It's work. You have to think about it. You have to make these conscious choices. And I'm hoping to have the opportunity to talk more about it and to make specific work about that in the future. Well, we're watching. We can't wait for your next work. And certainly I know parents are grateful to see representation like that. And we're seeing more and more of that. And that's exciting because I have three girls, not that my son doesn't need to be talking about body image and representation on all of those things. But in particular, I feel as though, you know, we can get into the whole Instagram thing that's recently come out about body image, but just being able to see different faces and skin and shapes and sizes is important because that's what they see around them. But they're also looking to books and magazines and social media as guideposts. So to be able to look at that and see such diversity 
diversity in all ways is really important. I want to follow this up, Vashti, in just another direction. I want to ask you another question. So Stephanie uses so many, they're just delicious, the adjectives and the descriptors in this book. I just, that was something that struck me, you know, like the pinch in her stomach or the inky dark sky. That's just a couple of them. And I'm a writer myself. So, you know, maybe I'm more drawn to that, but they are just so vivid. And I'm wondering when you were reading the prose, did that help you or did that inform what you ended up with as your final product? It does at the beginning. It's sort of like using a recipe and then, you know, making your own adjustments. Oh, I love that. For example, I didn't use any black in the book until we get to outer space Mm -hmm. because I wanted that contrast to be clear that the night sky that we see in the early parts of the book is never going to be as stark as it is when the character's in space. So maybe I didn't use an inky black in that scene, Mm -hmm. but it's about trying to evoke that feeling without being like, completely specific. I like for the illustrations for a book to feel like an extension of the story and not necessarily Mm. just a translation of the story because kids can fill that in. Mm-hmm. They're going to mm-hmm. read those words and create their own connections. In storytelling, you talk about like gap closing, like in writing the story. If you give us A and C, we might be able to figure out B. And so I feel like I don't need to do every specific thing in the illustrations because the kids can imagine like the character was in the library and picked up a book and brought it outside and is reading it, you know, and it allows uh-huh. yeah. them to contribute to the story because they're building it up in their mind. Right. So, yeah, it's a bit like getting the recipe and learning it and then, you know, adding your own special sauce to it. Oh, I just love that. I love that. I may have to use that. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, picture book writers, when we are text only, there's this whole rule of leaving room for the illustrator, Mm -hmm. which means you're not telling the illustrator what to do. It's hard because writers love words, but it's you try to be as nonspecific as you can about certain things because you do want the illustrator to have their say in the story. In fact, for me, one of the best parts is when illustrators surprise authors with a take on a particular idea that they would have never thought of themselves. Oh, yes. Well, and that's the beauty of the process, I imagine, right? For a team, someone who's working on the words and someone who's working on the illustrations to be able to see things in a different way and bring those words to life in a way that you didn't imagine. And wow, the result, I mean, it's really, really lovely. So, you know, just to end for both of you, maybe Stephanie, you can start and then Vashti would love to hear from you as well. I don't want to be like, so what's the message, right? Because it's like, what's the message of the book? But you know, there's something here for kids. I don't want to say we forget, but like the parents are reading these books over and over and over again. Hopefully, right? We say often when we talk about podcasts or we talk about videos that we share on our site, it's great for the kids, but the parents can find something too. And I I really feel strongly about, you know, Hello Star that both, you know, are going to get something from it. And so I'm wondering, what is that? You know, Stephanie, you first, like, what is the message or the feeling or whatever the experience is for kids and parents? I think there's several. It demonstrates empathy, what having empathy for something that may or may not be able to physically give anything back to you. I think of empathy in the sense of like how kids love their stuffed animals for, you know, their entire lives and sort of what having that kind of empathy in our hearts as humans can do for us, for the world and for others. You know, there's that. There's 
Also taking that empathy to the level of how much we love our planet and space and respect it and care for it in a way that will combat climate change and all those levels of thinking. But that is what I do hope people can see in this is we need to be caretakers of the stars and of the planet if we want it to last. Mm, Absolutely. And what about you, Vashti? Well, what I want readers to walk away with from this book is more a vibe, a tone, a feeling rather than, you know, anything specific. What I love most about the protagonist is she's not the loudest kid at school. She's not the one that talks up the most. She's not the pluckiest kid. Like so many of the stories that I grew up reading, I didn't see myself in. And I don't know, I was just a shy, quiet kid. And I like that this story feels sweet and kind of shy almost. It's Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. the like instruction manual on how to become an astronaut. It's sort of the how to show your care and empathy in the world and actually do incredible things no matter who you are. And that's the feeling that I want kids to walk away with that anyone can use their passions and their heart to do something that is special and important. And you don't have to be this way or that way or be the loudest or the fastest to make a difference. That's what I tried to evoke with like the softness of the colored pencil and like nothing's too harsh. There are no harsh lines and there are no stark blacks and intensities in the color and the contrast because it's not about being the most of anything. It's just about being a kid and being yourself. Well, as a parent, I have to say we've always looked to picture books and children's books to bring those messages to life for our kids in different ways, right? Those are all wonderful things, important things for kids to learn about. So thank you so much to both of you for being here and for, you know, Hello Star, which is out October 19th. Wherever you get books, we will, of course, link up everything we spoke about on the show, which is basically this awesome book, but also where you can find Stephanie and Vashti on the web. So Stephanie, you're at Stephanie Lucianovic, which is you're a Stephanie with a PH and Lucianovic is L-U-C-I-A-N-O-V-I-C.com. And mm-hmm. you're on Twitter and Instagram at Gruberport, G-R-U-B-E-R port and Vashti or VashtiHarrison.com. And that is also where you are on Twitter and Instagram. Now, both of you will be sticking around for our cool picks of the week, right? Yep. Awesome. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Well, you know what? It's time for our cool picks of the week. Cool picks of the week. Let's see. How about we just be really boring and do alphabetical order with our guests? <laughs> Nothing exciting. So Stephanie, that means you get to go first and then Vashti. So my cool pick is my husband and I celebrated our 20th wedding anniversary last year in the pandemic. And I decided to do something special. We usually kind of just let it go because we're always busy, whatever. And I had seen these really gorgeous wine glasses made by Estelle colored glass, hand-blown colored glass. So I splurged and got us a set of really nice wine glasses in what I think is the color of a sunset. There's like a smoky, not quite purple, but it's like a smoky warm gray. There's a rosy pink and there's a deepish golden yellow. And in my cupboard, they do look like there's a sunset, like a Pacific coast sunset in my cupboard now. So I love them. Like I said, they were splurged. This is not something we have typically done, but they are absolutely gorgeous. It's a Black woman-owned business, and they're just astoundingly beautiful. 
Love it. Thank you so much. I can't wait to find these and share these with our listeners. And Vashti, what about you? Well, I have a last minute replacement. I'm going to give a quick shout out to my OG pick, which was The Longest Let's Go Boy, which is a brand new picture book. I think it's coming out like next week or sometime this month. Illustrated by Katya Chien. If you have a pet, it is the saddest and most beautiful and sweetest book I've ever read. I cry every time I've read it. And it's illustrated so beautifully. But my last minute replacement is the cheetah cub cam at the Smithsonian's National Zoo. (laughs) Oh my Um, gosh. Cheetah just gave babies. Cheetah Rosalie gave birth to five cubs on Tuesday. And you can go on (gasps) their site and watch the cub cam. It's streaming live and they're adorable. (sighs) Okay. I love that. I had no idea. I am so excited. Like that's just like a little bit of happy, right? Like you're working, you can just like flip over and be like baby cheetahs. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, my cool pick of the week is actually an Instagram account that I'm loving. It's Kelly K. Roberts. I'm not sure if either of you do any sort of running, but I started running again after a very long time. She has created a wonderful community for women of all shapes and sizes and abilities because sometimes running can feel a little exclusive. And she has done a wonderful job of creating an inclusive community. And she's hilarious. And one of the things that I have taken to watching are her sports bra reviews. They are so (laughs) hilarious. Oh my gosh. She does them on her own. She is not paid at all to do and she buys them and she tests them out specifically for women with large busts. And she does video of herself actually running in them. (laughs) It's like, it is amazing. Whether or not you need a sports bra, I just have to say they're so entertaining because they're so honest. I mean, she will basically just tell you never to buy the sports bra because, you know, she's chafing and everything hurts after running. So anyway, it's Kelly K. Roberts on Instagram if you want a good laugh. But by the way, she is super supportive. She was just, I believe, at the Chicago Marathon. She stays start to finish yelling support to all the runners. So she's really a rock star in the female fitness community. And of course, we will link all of these wonderful things up over on coolmompicks.com. Well, Stephanie Vashti, I am so grateful. Thank you so much. And congratulations on Hello Star. Very exciting. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, that's it. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Spawned. Huge thanks to our guest, Stephanie and Vashti. Please, please make sure you grab a copy of Hello Star next week. It is fantastic. And of course, we're very grateful for our awesome engineer, John Bowen. If you've got a moment and you can leave us a five-star review, we would be so grateful. Seriously, we are so thankful when you do that. If you could do a little more and leave a review, even better. And then when you subscribe and download our episodes, just remember that helps other listeners like you find us. You can also join us on Facebook. Well, also Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, we're all over the place. But on Facebook, we actually have our own podcast community. We also have OutTech Your Kids and Recipe Rescue. We chat about food and technology and all kinds of things. We would love to have you. Thank you so much for listening to Spawn. This is Kristen. Don't worry, Liz will be back next week. Have a great day. Bye.